0: Would you grab your Bibles and go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, or whatever you have the Word of God downloaded on? We're going to be looking there. we been talking on this subject of let's talk, and we've been looking at how Jesus taught His disciples how to pray. And so as you're going to Matthew chapter 6, let me greet our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for love and truth ministries and this week we're all being video venue today and it's going to be an exciting time to hear the word of God and know what God's speaking to us and so would you get ready to receive what God is saying today the book of Matthew the sixth chapter uh, beginning in the ninth verse says this in this manner therefore pray our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Now, verse 11 and 12 is where we're going to be at today. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here's, Here's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about need. How many of you ever have need in your life? How many of you have need right now in your life, all right? So we're going to be talking about that because Jesus wants us to tell Him what our needs are. A lot of times we act like, well, if I don't tell anybody, uh, you know, it'll just kind of take care of itself. And yet Jesus said, hey guys, when you're praying, let your Heavenly Father know what your needs are. Let Him know what it is that you are needing day in and day out of your life. And so a lot of times what happens to us is, is that we, we find ourselves not having our needs met. And yet the Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. He is the one that day in and day out makes a way for us. The Bible says that he is El Shaddai. That means that he is a God who is more than Enough. He's more than enough. And so that there's nothing that I'm going to need today, there's nothing that I'm going to face today that God doesn't want to take care of. And yet, what I find, and I know that that it's across the board, what I find is, is we find Christians all the time not having their needs met. And yet Jesus said, when you pray... When you're talking to God, make sure that you let Him know what you need in your life. And so I'm going to show you out of this passage and out of of what I believe the Word of God says, how that we go about praying in what we need. I think a lot of times that we don't understand that God really wants us to participate in the process. It's kind of a a lot of people have the idea that, well, God knows what I need and He's just going to take care of me. And yet the Scripture says that God wants you to tell Him what you need. Remember the story in Scripture about a guy named Blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says that Jesus is on His way to Jericho, and there's a guy sitting there, and they call him Blind Bartimaeus. Why? Well, that's pretty easy, right? He's blind. Okay, yeah, there we go. He, he's blind, and, and so he's referred to as I wonder, anyway, he, he's blind, Bartimaeus. And so as, as he's there, the, the Scripture says that he begins to cry out to Jesus, and he, he's crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And, and, and finally Jesus says, uh, bring him to me, and, and Bartimaeus gets there. And, and when he gets there, Jesus says to him, what is it that you want? Now, it's interesting that Jesus asked that question. What is it that you want? Well, everybody can figure out when a blind man comes through the crowd that a blind man can't see. So the, the, the easy answer is if, if I, I've got a need in my life, Jesus, you ought to know what that need is. Why are you asking me what is it that I need? Why are you t- coming to me? You know what I need. I'm blind. You're Jesus. You know everything. And yet Jesus still says, tell me what it is that you want. And I think he says that to all of us day in and day out. He's waiting on us. He, he, oh, yes, he's God. He can look at our lives. He can, he can know exactly what it is that we need. But he is waiting on us to get involved in the process so that we can tell him what it is that he needs. So, so I'm going to give you some things today. Okay, how do you pray in what you need? Number one is you, you've got to be in the will of God. Uh, You know, I I can't be over here living in a way that's displeasing to God and then expecting God to bless me, right? It's like our kids. Uh, it's, It's much easier to do good things for your kids when they're doing what's right than it is when they're out there, you know, raising, you know what, and, and doing all kind of things and then coming in and saying, I, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. No, no, no. In, in that moment, it's, it's that place where they're doing what you've asked them to do, where they're in the will that you've laid out for them, that it's easy. And so, so you and I have got to come to that place where we're in the will of God. You say, well, how do I go about getting in the will of God? Well, it's, it's, it really is kind of easy. Uh, first of all is a, a daily prayer life. If, if I want to know... If I'm in the will of God, I just need to be in prayer. We, we talk about it uh, a lot around here. R- remember the RPMs, uh, read the Word of God, pray, and meditate. Uh, but, but as I'm doing that, as, as I'm spending time in prayer, as I'm spending time in the Word of God, as, as I'm reading and praying and meditating, I find myself being pulled into what God's will is. And as I get there, then I'm able to live out what it is that God wants me to do and what it is that God is speaking into my life. I think another way to be in the will of God, though, is to be planted in the local church. I think that the Scripture time and again bears out that God's plan is is for people to be planted in a local church, to be contributing, to be functioning, to be part of a healthy body that's making a difference. God's called us not to just be spectators, not to just be people who watch. God calls us to be people who are involved. Again, you've heard me say it time and again, that over 50 times in the New Testament, the Scripture talks about one another love one another, care for one another, exhort one another, pray for one another. Well, I can't do that if I'm just out here by myself and I've got my own little church and it's just me. I've got to be involved in the church. You know, it's interesting how that that people want to disassociate from the local church, and yet in Scripture, even in the New Testament, yes, they met in homes, but they also had the corporate meeting. They also went to the temple. They also went to the house of God. So, So there's this aspect that we've got to come to where we live our life in the will of God by being part of a local church body but there's more to it than that. I I think we need to look at our work habits. Amen. I I think that that our work habits determine how much blessing God can give us. You say, well, you know, I I just believe God's going to bless me because He loves me. Yeah, He does that, but God says, here's, here's what Scripture says. It says that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat right if you don't work you shouldn't eat and so he, he tells us that and and a lot of people think well uh, you know it doesn't matter if I'm a good employee it doesn't matter if if I'm a good person at work I'd, I'll just show up late and I'll check out early and and I won't give them a hundred percent and if I just give them a little bit let me ask you this question the, the kind of employee you are would you want to employ you well, think about that See, if you can look at your life and say, man, if I was looking for an employee and I was the boss or I owned the company, I'd hire me. Or can you really look at yourself and go, man, I wouldn't touch me. I I know me. I know how I act. I know know what I took home last week from the, you know, I, I... it, it's, it's those kind of things that we have. And so, if I'm going to be in the will of God, if I'm going to be praying in what I need, then I've got, I've got to be living out a life that is pleasing to the Lord, not just spiritually, but also in my work habits and, and how I live out. And, and also, let me give you one more. This one's going to make everybody get real tight. We're going to get real nervous because anytime you talk about this, people get a little nervous. But we need to examine our giving habits. The the, the Word of God is clear time and again. Uh, I was just reading it again. And and the Scripture, not only the Old Testament talks about consistent covenant giving, but the New Testament talks about consistent covenant giving, or if you want to call it tithing. The Word of God talks about that. The book of Hebrews says this. It says that, that the lesser is blessed by the greater, What that means is this, and it goes on there in that that chapter in the book of Hebrews, and it says that here on earth men pay tithes, but it is received by God. So, what that means is, is that when I am obedient to the word of God, again, it's not legalism, it's not I'm trying to get something from God, it's that covenant relationship that I've entered into God Almighty with, and when I do that, then I am able to say, wait a minute, the book of Malachi says, prove me in says the lord if i won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you're not able to contain and so when i'm being obedient in that then i can boldly approach the throne of grace and say lord here are my petitions here are the things that i need in my life so the first thing is i've got to make sure i'm in the will of god in every aspect of my life number two is this is i've got to believe it is god's will to prosper me See, a lot lot of people think that God wants them poor, that you'll be more holy if you don't have anything. And I don't know where we got that at. We, we, you know, we've seen maybe we saw Mother Teresa, and we said, "Oh, wasn't that wonderful? She lived a life of poverty, and, and that's great." Well, that's what Mother Teresa was called to. But, uh, but you know, most of us aren't called to live on the streets of Calcutta, India. Uh, we, we're not called to that. But, but we we kind of hold that up and say, "Oh, uh, if you if you don't have anything, you're really uh, a, a great person for God." But if you're blessed, if you know, or or if you've got monetary things, then there must be something wrong with that. No, no, no. The word of God. God says, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. The blessings of the Lord maketh, what's that word? Rich. Rich. Come on, rich. It didn't say the blessings of the Lord makes you kind of get along in life. It says, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. The Scripture says, Abraham's servant is talking about him. And listen to what Abraham's servant says about Abraham. He says, my master is very rich. Now, we we recall, oh, pastor's preaching that prosperity message. No, I'm preaching the Bible. I'm preaching the Word of God. The the New Testament says that Abraham was blessed in all things, and it goes on to say, but you and I have a greater covenant or a better covenant than Abraham had. So if Abraham is blessed in all things, then surely we ought to be blessed financially. That doesn't mean you're not ever going to have needs. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that if, if I've got to come to the place that I really believe God's will is for me to prosper. Amen? John said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even. Watch what he says. He says it's tied to something even as your soul prospers. As you prosper spiritually, soul is in you. He said if you're prospering there, then you're going to find yourself prospering in other areas of your life. So how do I get there? Well, one of the ways is, is memorize the Word of God. Know what Scripture says about being blessed. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, well, you ought to be broke and you ought to not have anything. No, know what the Word of God says. And then begin to meditate upon the Word. You say, well, I don't know what the Scriptures are. Well, here's a, here's a clue go to a local Bible bookstore and get you a God's Promise book. And in there, the scriptures are already listed about everything, about being blessed, about your finances and all that. And begin to meditate upon that. Begin to allow that to come down into your heart until you come to the place that you genuinely believe that God wants to bless you. Now, I want to tell you something. I used to apologize for the blessings of God. Somebody come along and say, man, I saw that car you're driving, or I see that house you're living in, or I see those clothes you wear, or whatever. And I'd go, well, you know, I really got a good deal on that. And I may have. In fact, I'm a, I'm a deal kind of guy. But you know what? If, if God wants to bless me, why should I apologize for the blessings of God? If I'm faithful to God, if I'm obedient in, in doing what God's Word tells me to do, if, if I'm believing uh, to, to be a blessing to other people, then why should I have to apologize when God shows up in my life and begins to bless me monetarily or in other areas of my life? I just begin to say, wait a minute, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Thank you, God. I have been blessed. You have blessed me so far beyond what I could understand. So that's, that's the second. The third aspect about praying in what you need is what Bartimaeus. Remember the story there that I started with? Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want? And, and again, some of you have heard me say this. Most Christians would have said, Lord, I want to be blessed. And Jesus would have laid hands on him. and He'd fallen out in church or whatever right? And, and uh, he'd have gone home blessed, but he'd still been blind. He'd have felt better for, you know, while, the, the, while the, the, you know, whatever's taking place, but he'd gone home blind. But Bartimaeus said what? He said, Lord, that I might see. See, the third thing is you've got to learn to be specific in what you want. What is it that you need today in your life? When you're facing this day, when you're facing this week, you need to bring those specific needs to God and say, God, this is what I'm facing this week. I've got uh, a bill. I've got an insurance bill of of $528, and it is due today. And, and Lord, I need you to bless me in that. People say, "I I don't believe God does that. Oh, yeah, God does that. I remember one of the first times it happened to Sherry and I. We we were going through. We were in college. Uh, Sherry was working, and I was still in college. And uh, and the whole bottom part of her car fell. I mean, the whole uh, muffler system just fell out. She, she's from Illinois and it had rusted out. It just fell out. And so we take it I still remember we took it to Midas muffler and it was two hundred and thirty odds thirty odd dollars And we didn't have two hundred thirty something dollars, uh, but we had to get it fixed And so uh, we told them well, go ahead and fix it and we didn't know what but you know what happened That I'm not kidding you that day. I went to the mailbox at college opened up my mailbox Because we said, God, if you don't do this, we don't know how we're going to pay for this. Open up my mailbox. There was a check for the exact amount of what we needed to fix the car. There wasn't any extra, but there wasn't any need either. It was exactly the right amount. And it it was in the very first part of of our married life. But it was like, hey, if God can do that, He is going to take care of us, and I've watched him through these. I've watched him in churches. I've watched people who have grabbed a hold of this and said, God, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to come to you, and and here are my needs. You know what he said? He said, pray, give us this day our daily bread, right? So I'm I'm coming in. Lord, here's here's what I need today. Here's what I need from you today in my life. And, And you know what we need to do? You and I need to learn to pray instead of worry. Don't, don't, I mean, you, I, I've worried about stuff, and you know what? I found out worrying doesn't help. Worrying doesn't accomplish anything. All that worrying does is, you know, make your hair go gray or let loose or whatever. You know, it gives you wrinkles, makes you look old, and hallelujah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's all those things. And, and so you, you, you've got to gotta say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to be specific to God and I'm going to pray about this, and I'm going to tell him what I need. Number four is this, is be tenacious. Again, remember the story of Bartimaeus. He kept crying out. Everybody said, be quiet. And he said, then the Bible says he cried all the more loudly. He, he just said, Jesus, thou son of David. you, you got to hang on. Sometimes it doesn't look like you're going to get what you need. But you got to be tenacious. And, and you've, got, you've got to learn to repossess the lost ground that Satan has taken. All right. And that takes some that, that that takes some going after it sometimes. That takes some, some saying, you know what? I am not going to stop until I get my stuff back. You know what the Bible says about the thief? It says when the thief is caught, he is to restore sevenfold back. So I, I think that when when we're going after our stuff, we don't want just our stuff. We want seven times the stuff that the enemy ripped off from us, took away from us. And, and we just need to begin to praise. I think at this point in, in your prayer time, as, as you're just praising God, and we've gone through some different things, but at this point that you just begin to say, Lord, I just thank you today that you're Jehovah Jireh. I I just bless you today. God, I I thank you that you are my provider. Just as you provided for Abraham and you gave him a round, God, I believe today that you are going to take care of me and that there's not a need that I've got in my life today that caught you by surprise. You knew it was going to be there. And, God, I'm just believing. I'm I'm, I'm in your will. I'm doing the things I'm supposed to. But, God, I am believing that's going to happen. But you know what? I don't just need daily bread in my life. I need forgiveness in my life. Wow. Uh, you know, th- this world in which we live has a way of really, really uh, messing with your forgiver. Right? I, I mean, that, 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 that whole forgiveness, that sounds good. That's, that's a real good church. Oh, yes, bless God, I'll forgive. i forgive. But when you get out there and somebody at work does you wrong, so somebody in your neighborhood, you know, they, they do your kid wrong. Somebody, somebody at school treats your child. I mean, that, that, it's like, whoa, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And yet the Word of God tells us that God forgives us like we forgive others. And that's a scary thought for some people. I'll, I'll help you get there, so chill out a minute, all right? Uh, you say, well, h- how, do I, how do I live in a place of forgiveness? Well, first of all, is you have to ask God to forgive you. I- I've got to deal with my own stuff before I can forgive somebody else. Isn't it interesting? I-, I don't know about you, but I used to always start my prayers out with confessing all my stuff. Now, I'm sure you don't have any stuff. All right? But, but I used to, you know, I'd start, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry I got angry yesterday. And, I did. and I'd start all that. But when you read the Lord's Prayer, think about this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Then forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I mean, it's like way on down in the prayer that Jesus says now is the time to deal with with your sin now's the time to deal with your stuff and and one of the things that i found through the years is is that when i jump right into it it's it's kind of like when you catch your kids doing something they're not supposed to do you know they they start repenting real quick but it's not really sincere it's like they're saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry they're not sorry they just they, they just got caught I I can prove they're not sorry if you hadn't come in the room and saw what they were doing they'd still be doing it All right, so they're not sorry They just sorry they got caught and a lot of times as Christians We're just sorry we got caught It's not that we're really sorry for our sins. And so I think that the reason that this prayer is set up this way in this talking with God Is that that the Lord wanted us to kind of pray through some things and to come to the place that now the Holy Spirit can begin to reveal some things to us. Because it's one thing, you know, when we have those flagrant sin, those things that, you know, we, we bless God, I, I know I did this. That's one thing. But you know what? There's some things in our lives sometimes that, that we just kind of ignore. And we just kind of, we've just gone over it and over it and, and maybe we've learned to live with it. And, and yet the Lord's not pleased with it. He, he's not happy with it. But it's kind of like, well... You know, I had somebody tell me recently, well, I, I just, you know, you know I, I was in this situation, and I just learned to lie all the time. And, and they're a believer, and I went, that, that was good? I mean, they were, they were kind of trying to say, well, you know, to keep people, keep peace, and, and, and I just lied all the time. And I thought, but you lied. I, I understand you wanted to keep peace, but you lied. Well, where, where, where can we bring that into alignment with what god's word says about lying so we've got to come to that place because all of us have a tendency to to develop those those areas in our life where we we kind of justify our sin and so it takes the holy spirit a lot of times to begin to deal with those areas and i think that's why jesus said don't just jump right in and ask for forgiveness let, let the Holy Spirit begin to work in you, and as he does. And then you begin to confess your sin. Uh, and what confession means is that you agree with God what he says about your sin. You know, a lot of us say, oh, God, Lord, I got a problem, or I, I got this difficulty. And God says, no, you're a liar. Right? I mean, can, can, doesn't it sound a lot worse to like, say, God, I'm a liar. than to say, God, I got a problem. I Man, i got a problem, is, but when you, when you just throw it out there and say, God, I'm a liar, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, I might ought to deal with this. I might, I might ought to take it. So, so that's what confession is, saying the same thing as God. Now, let me say this to you. Don't allow condemnation to rule in your life. The Bible says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Here's what the Scripture says. It says, if you walk in the light as He is in the light, and you have fellowship one with the other, it says the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses, present tense, cleanses you from all sin. So we're walking in that place of forgiveness. We're walking in that place of of no condemnation. But that doesn't mean that I can justify my sin. It means I have to deal with what God wants me to deal with. And so the first, before I can start in anybody else's life, I have to start in my life. And so this need in my life today is not only I need to pray in some stuff, I need to get forgiveness today so that I can live the way God wants me to. So as I'm talking to him, I'm just saying, I, I just tell him this stuff because I, I want to help you. Some of you think that he doesn't know. He does. He saw you before you did it. Before you thought it, before you said it, he knew what you were going to do. So why don't you just go ahead and get real and say, here's what I did. And deal with it and put it out there. All right? Now, let me say this, though. If I'm going to get forgiveness, I have to give forgiveness. So I have to learn to forgive as often as I want to be forgiven. That's hard. I'm just going to tell you, that's hard that's tough, I, I, I can forgive you once, I can give you another chance, I might give you a 14th chance, but at some point I'm gonna knock your head off if I get a chance, I mean at some point it's just like, come on, really, you, you, you've done it again, I'm, you know, and, and, and we all use the, the famous um, quote that, that, and I hope I get it right, that George Bush used, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And, and so we kind of live that way. Oh, okay, but I'm, I'm going to watch you. I'm not ever going to let you to get close to me again. And, and yet the Word of God says, you remember the story of Peter comes to Jesus, Lord, how often should we forgive our brother and he thinks he's being really great, seven times? And Jesus just looks back at him and says, no, Peter, 70 times, seven. Now, I don't think Jesus was saying, okay, 490 times forgive them, 491, kill (laughs) them. I don't think that's what he's saying, right? What he's saying to him is, Peter, you're right here. I'm just exploding it. I'm blowing your mind, Peter. Because as much as you need forgiveness, you've got to forgive others. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, one of the ways is to look at your own indiscretions. Look at your own life. Be real about the areas of your life that need forgiveness. And, and you know what? I, I think one of the greatest things to do, and I know this sounds maybe a little strange for some of you, but I, th- I think one of the greatest things to do is, is to get a mental picture of Jesus on the cross. And as he hangs there, a lot of us saw the movie The Passion a few years back, and as Jesus hangs in one, one of the most graphic portrayals, and yet really, according to history, doesn't even touch what Jesus looked like. And the blood is coming down. And I look at that and I think, you know what? My sins nailed him to that cross. And so if he would do that for my sins, man, surely I can forgive somebody else at this level. Right? It's it's that whole thing. And, And so it's an act of your will. Let me just tell you, forgiveness is not a feeling. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them. It's not a feeling. If you wait till you feel like forgiving them, you may be waiting a long time. You know, some of us are great. Now, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm, I'm, I'm quick to get angry, but I quickly forgive. I, I, it hits me, and then I'm done. I, I literally, um, when, when I used to do counseling and stuff, I, I would counsel with people, and I, I would be done. And they would, we, we'd leave, and uh, a month, two months later, they'd come to me and say, Pastor, remember when we talked about this? And I really, honestly... I I, I don't I just don't remember I don't I try not to remember it just it goes it comes in and it's gone Um, people do things I've had people say to me how can how can you go and eat with so-and-so how can you be friends with so-and-so well you know what they did to you. you know what listen I've done worse I've done worse so how am I not going to forgive somebody who's done something to me when I know that in my life I've done worse to somebody else and so when, when I begin to picture Jesus on the cross dying for my sins, all of a sudden it gets a whole lot easier to, again, by the act of my will, to say, God, I forgive them. And i I'll tell you one of the greatest things you can do to have forgiveness to operate in your life, and that is begin to pray for those people who have wronged you. Beginning to just say, God, I, I pray for them today and, and mean it. Now, the first time or two you do it, you probably won't mean it. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, God, forgive them, but not today. You know, you know, make them really sick. God, don't let them die, but make them really sick. I, you know, but but the more you, the more you pray, the more you, all of all of a sudden you begin to sense that assurance that wait a minute, I, hey, I'm I'm not as mad at them as I used to be. I'm not as angry, and and that forgiveness you, you do then because you've chosen as an act of your will, then you do begin to get that feeling that hey. I'm not, I'm not angry as I used to be. It, it doesn't weigh me down. It and, I, and I want to tell you something. Let me say this, and, and we'll move on quickly. But, but, but I want to say this to you. In your life, unforgiveness destroys you, not the other person. It's you that carries the pain. It's you that your body uh, goes through all kind of things. It's your mind. It's, it, learn to let it go. I just want to say this so, in, in the best way that I know how, they're not worth it. Just, just, just release them. Just let it, just, Lord, I release them today. Even, even as you're sitting here today, listening to me. Just release them. Say, God, today I forgive them. I'll let them go. The, the, the next thing about forgiveness is this. Set your will to forgive anybody who sins against you today. I mean, just, just start off today say, you know what, anybody that does anything against me today, Lord, I, I just right now go ahead and forgive them. I'm thinking, what would happen to us if we started living that way? What, what if we just got up in the morning and said, make up my mind, you know what, I'm going to do what the Scripture says, I'm going to give good for evil. You know, if they cuss me out when I walk through the door, I'm just going to say, smile at them, you know, and keep going and try to be a, a kind, good Christian. And you know, somebody cuts me off in traffic. Boy, that's one I gotta pray about. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna hit the horn and go all crazy. I'm just, God, they must be in a bigger hurry than I am. Let, you know, I had to pray on that one in a while. But anyway, the, but, but, but you make up your mind. You just say, Lord, by the by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, I am going to forgive. And and we and we begin to, to declare and begin to say. Lord, I, I, I choose today to love my enemies. Wow. That's tough. I choose today, Lord, to love my enemies. I'm going to do good to them who curse me. I'm going to bless those who despitefully use me. I mean, Matthew five uh, forty four. you can go there and look at it later today. Uh, but, but just begin to declare what God's Word says over them. And as you do that, you, you'll begin to say, Lord, I... I I think I really can live this life. It won't just be a bracelet that says WWJD, but, Lord, it really will be a lifestyle with me. And just begin to say, Lord, I I pray today that the fruit of the Spirit will be in my life, that I'll live out the fruit of the Spirit, that it it will be in my life. And you know what? This is kind of digging down into how we live. But it really is something that's needful in all of our lives that we can bring ourselves to the place, first of all, of saying, you know what, whatever it is that I need today, financially, emotionally, I can pray that in. I can receive that from God. God cares about the smallest thing in my life. People say, well, you know, it's just a small thing. Do you realize that to infinity all things finite are equal? You know, it's, it's like your little child. Your, your, your kid will come to you. And they'll have broken a toy, or and they come to you, and it's like their whole world has fallen in. But to you, it's, you know, it's a click it back together or whatever and hand it back to them. That's how it is with our lives. To us, it's so huge. But we bring it to God, and he just kind of looks down and says, oh, I can fix that. Pops it right back together. Puts our life in. And then we live out this forgiveness. We live out day in and day out what God has for us. So I want to challenge you. Talk to God. Don't make prayer a religious exercise, but make prayer that daily conversation that you have with God day in and day out. Amen. Would you bow your heads today? I've talked today about getting what we need. The greatest thing that you need today is you need salvation. And so in a few moments... We're going to pray for people who need to be saved. We're going to believe that today your life is going to be transformed and that Jesus Christ is going to become your Lord and your Savior. Some of you today have some needs in your life that are maybe financial or emotional or spiritual or physical. We're going to believe today that God's going to minister in that aspect of your life. Some of you need to forgive some people today. We're going to believe today that God is going to enable you to forgive, to release, because He has forgiven you and His mercy is on you. Father, I thank You today. I thank You for Your Word We just declare that it's anointed, it's empowered, it's filled with the Holy Spirit, and that it never returns void, that your grace and your glory always accompany your word. And so we declare today that it will return with a harvest to our Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.